It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. Yo, welcome to Cyclone Insider with our friends from the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. Love this hour with Tommy Birch and Randy Peterson every week. And it's a weird week. At least I, I feel like this week's been weird. We knew that the early signing period was coming. I didn't anticipate it to be a lot like National Signing Day in February, but it is, Randy. Like there's bigger. Yeah, like they're, this I mean, is it. They're going to sign most of the guys tomorrow. This is, if not all. Yeah, they want to sign them all. But yeah, this is this is um, this is the new the new normal. I think I I I, I really do. Um, and I'm surprised that they're not having a press conference. Tomorrow. They're not doing anything tomorrow. I know. Uh-uh. They're doing it all Friday, which is, you know, that's fine. Um, but yeah, everybody's going to be signing at Iowa State, at least. I'll bet eighty percent. Yeah. Bottom line, eighty-five percent will sign on Wednesday or Thursday. That's why most most of these Midwestern non-power schools like the early signing period. Yeah. Because they can't get poached at the end. Right, and and that's what Alabama and some of those schools hated it. Especially good for a school like Iowa State, which works so far ahead, too, because now you're not having to spend so many resources just making sure that you have to keep all these kids in line, that they're happy, that they're committed, that they're coming. Now you can just go ahead and work ahead, which... I mean, now we've seen, you know, this this staff really works ahead. They've already got some commitments, you know, in, in upcoming classes, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tommy, I think this is probably more your beat than my or Randy's. But, I mean, anticipation for tomorrow? Like, is it any, like, you know, surprises is all of what everybody talks about on National Signing Day. Do you expect any of that tomorrow? Sure, there could be. I mean, I don't, you know, there there are still some some guys up in there which we could know about tonight too. So that kid from Arizona is pretty much a lock to like Ramos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So maybe by the time we're even talking about this on the radio, yeah, yeah. So and I mean, to me, I keep going. The thing I keep going back to is the signing day where the Bailey brothers both ended up at Iowa State. It it was something that even they didn't know for sure where they were going until that morning. You know, they had all the hats out there and I think it was Jaquan who who picked the spot first and then yeah, I remember Josh, that. Josh kind of followed. So could have one of those. But um. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I think uh, you know Iowa State did lose a recruit last night to Pitt, or yeah. I think it was the day before no, yeah, and, and during that they, window. Yeah. But for the most part, they seem, um, by all accounts, it sounds like everything should come back in order for Iowa State at this point. Pete, this is a situation where I feel like we've been um, us uh, pundits or whatever, more like myself. You're not a pundit. You actually do good journalism. <laughs> But um, this has been a topic for a decade, this early signing period. It I has. Mean, and we, I feel yeah, like yeah. every Big 12 media day I've ever gone to, this has been a question. So and I have been a pundit for it. I've tried. I've, I've, You've been all I've, over I've, this. I've, yeah, I've, I've wanted this just for schools like Iowa State, for schools like Iowa even. Um, um, yeah, because there are schools that 
not consistently going to get the five star guys. Get them now. Get them so you, like you said, so you can't poach them. Get them like Tommy said, so you don't have to babysit them anymore. Get that out of the way and move on. It's um, to the point where I think after this time period leading up to where the you know where the signing day usually came into play, you know uh, that traditional signing yeah. day period. This time leading up to it was pretty much been at that point babying kids or, you know, trying to to flip commitments. Right. I mean, usually if you're a good team, like, you know, if if you're pretty well organized and have all your ducks in a row, you have the majority of your class built uh, by this point. Anyways, I want to I want the I, I'm waiting for the, um, Toa Tua, however you say that name. You know who I'm talking about? Tongamela. No. <laughs> no. A running back. First name T O A. Last name T A U A. Running back out of out of um California. Three star guy. Iowa State, Nev- um Nevada, Utah State, Washington State, Cal, Arizona State. So what, he visited last weekend. Oh, so this guy's think, deciding when. When's this guy deciding? I don't know that. That's she what would I'm think watching for. Because I'm pretty sure He's probably a nineteen guy actually. I would say doesn't have a running back in this class, correct? Not the, not yet. Not yet. I mean, they have a couple guys that are athletes, too, right. that are committed, that are running. That, I say that not yet gone, because there could be position changes. Yeah, exactly. We well so, know. And I think two or three of the guys on the list are athletes who are running back slash wide receiver slash do it all at their high school. So, but... I mean, to me, the three areas of concern for Iowa State that you kind of want in this recruiting class are probably secondary quarterback and maybe running back because, running back. you know, David Montgomery's not going to be around forever. Right. Mike Warren is going to be gone eventually. I'm a, I'm a uh, Ken A guy. No that, we were talking about that before that you came be really in. Good. Yeah. What if, you know, it's, it's worked out like this. Montgomery beat up Michael, right? Yeah. And Michael's basically nowhere to be found. And, and who's to say Kane won't come in next year and beat out David Montgomery? I think seems like a long shot, but... Uh, well, we thought... We, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, He's really good. And though. who said Johnny Lang can't and, beat, out, beat I, out them both? At least, at least there were kind of signs on the wall when it came to David Montgomery because we kept hearing... You know how much him and Nwangu were were pushing Mike Warren. So my thing is, it's not that I I, I wouldn't worry that David Montgomery is going to get a spot over taken. I would say the concern for Iowa State is probably when does David Montgomery go to the NFL? Right? Because yeah, and like that, that that's something that could happen very soon. Next I mean, year will be his after three years. He'd be eligible unless I mean, you change the rule. Iowa State is still going to return a ton, a ton of talent next season, but there are some substantial holes that are going to need to be filled and that could possibly need to be filled between talking about Kamari Kanmoya, you're talking about linebacker spot, which linebacker spot, I kind of, you would think Tymar Sun just kind of slips right. into that role, yeah. but then possibly a guy like Brian Peavy, too. And what about and 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 um, I? What do we know? What are we thinking about about Campos? 
I don't know what to think. I'm both, I'm, I'm both ways we need on that to deal. He's not going to be a pro. So I mean, we, he's not going to get drafted. I actually think could... this is a good uh, good opportunity for us to have a conversation with fans about that because I I answer that question two, three times a week where people often don't understand why Jake wouldn't get the sixth year. Yeah. And I think that we need to talk about it because, one, I think there's a couple points that need to be made with this. It's really hard to get a sixth year in any case, especially in the sport of football, because most guys sit out that first year. Two, and I I don't know about Jake, and maybe one of you guys could allude to this. Most guys don't want to come back for a six year in football. Like, and, and if you, yeah, and and Jake obviously is one of the guys that would qualify because you said he when did he got hurt before practice or during practice last year before the season, so he qualify. Does he want to come back? His age factor. What I don't have a laptop with me, but he's. He's not my age, but he's he's um, you know it might be just time for him to move on. I don't think it's a guarantee that he would get Why? another another year just based off of what some of those guys around the program were telling me. He missed a whole year because of injury, right? Yeah, but it's like you know, I mean, obviously he, nothing is a he guarantee. Has to get a, if he wanted it, he has. He to got it. And that's that's if not, it's the most yeah. ridiculous. Like yeah. That's a slam dunk. My whole thought the whole time, when I, and nobody, nobody has ever given me a straight answer on Jake Campos, ever. And the only time I asked, like, people roll their eyes at me, and it drives me nuts. Like, if he doesn't want to come back, it's if he doesn't come back, it's because he doesn't want to. Right. It has to. Matt Cam- I've, I've, I've asked Matt Campbell point blank Did he get before. annoyed with you? Yeah, and, I mean, <laughs> to a certain degree, but he said, look, he – Basically, he said getting another year of eligibility was not in the cards, and that would be really difficult. So, I just I feel like we need to get compliance on the phone or something. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, but like, it, I, I, mean, it, I just it, want a straight answer as to why he wouldn't get one. I'm not. I. I. I don't. Yeah. I. I don't either. I don't know. I mean, it meets all the criteria. I looked that one up the other day. Actually, it meets all the criteria. Um. But it's like you said, he's probably not going to want to come back. No, I, yeah, one, exactly. How old he is, two, he's graduating, two, if you have absolutely any aspirations of playing at the next level, he's got to get out right now. Because well, if he has his aspirations body, of playing at the next level, he's not coming back. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, too. He's got to get out right now because, one, his body can't take any more wear and tear yeah. where it's not getting paid. His body's already been through a ton. But if there's anybody is. that's a slam dunk for to, to get a six year, it's him. To get an additional year, and I would think so. And and again, like I, you get Campbell, four to play five, and he and he and he's been hurt, and he didn't play a game. He didn't even. Step he didn't foot even on a got game. hurt before the season. Wouldn't like, first was it the first practice? It was like the first or second practice of fall camp. Yeah, wouldn't like Quentin Bundridge have been eligible? I mean, he got hurt in the first series. Yeah, and they Dakota. were pretty adamant about that too. That I don't know if they were adamant that Quentin Bundridge. He didn't could not get a medical red shirt versus he didn't want one. See, I was told he didn't want to come. Back. Right, he did not. I'd heard he didn't want to come back so either. I but know. I just. But he was. He'd have been right. eligible. So but when, I, I, I definitely. You know, I remember leading up to it. Right, I've asked, fellas, I'm with you. I'm doing it in Memphis. I'm asking Campbell at the Liberty Bowl press conference. Hey, is Jake Campos coming back next year? He's a, Campos has already. Campos has already told me he's yeah. not coming back next uh, year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So are we going to ask him? Ask him Saturday. I really the, might ask Sunday at the airport. So, I really might make a Friday compliance and see. I just want to know what the rule is. Like it, call Patrice. Because if he wanted to come back, I I see no reason why he wouldn't be able to. If 
And I, I don't blame him for not. Like, all, all the fans are like, oh, well, you can be on a really good team next year. Well, yeah, but you're not the one going through winter workouts. And you're an offensive lineman. And you're not CPE getting paid. Real. You're not and let me paid. give you a hint here. If you, ask, if you call compliance, don't use a name. Don't. Don't use a player's name. I've tried to get mean? to the bottom of Kyle Kemp, and nobody will say anything. Why do you mean don't use a player name? Because they can't talk about players. Oh, and, so and give him a scenario? Give him a scenario. See, that's an I've old tried, veteran I've secret. tried to ask about Kemp for three weeks see, to, to me, the point the biggest, where I'm, um, I'm annoying people see, out there. T- to me, the biggest question is not uh, Jake Campos, it's Kyle Kemp. Kemp. Because, one, that's something I think we all know is certainly something that Kyle Kemp is pursuing and something that's... I mean, on paper, you're kind of like, that's got to be impossible. Right. How is he going but to? But if he's pursuing it, then they must know something. Mm-hmm. And and I've talked to enough Iowa State people over the last week and a half or whatever it was since the Jacob Park thing that they're not liking it when the phrase, and I've used it repeatedly, graduate transfer is thrown out as far as a quarterback is concerned. Why? Because it could mess up their recruiting for this year. Oh. That's not my fault. But well, yeah, I mean, because it could, yeah. I mean, well, that is the simple. most. Did I they, mean, that's a that's a position. I that, get it, but they brought a kid on campus. Bingo! Yeah. Like, it's not our fault that they brought that they recruited yeah. Jacob Park. Absolutely. You yeah, know, like it. I don't know. That's how I view it. Right? Like, no, I, exactly, exactly. But that's why it's such a touchy subject up there. When you bring up when you bring up the Kyle Kemp thing. So that's why I suggest use a scenario and use a what if, you know, not yeah, a what if. I mean, if, that, that whole deal, like, I mean, the kid from Washington was on campus, 247 reported that over the weekend. It, if you don't want anything talked about, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard anytime you bring a kid on campus with Twitter, with, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's certain things that are just going to get out there. Yeah, and... Let's be honest. It's it's something that Iowa State has to look into and has Absolutely. to consider because I think they we've, should. We've talked about this a lot of times. One, when's the last time Iowa State's gone through a season with one quarterback starting every game, awesome or not? Just the sheer idea that you have so many question marks going into next season. With okay, even if Kyle comes coming back, say by some crazy stretch of the imagination. He gets another year. If Kyle Kemp gets hurt, now you're looking at Zeb Nolan, a kid who had torn his ACL last and year. And then? And ha- has played sparingly. Perfect. Shown some potential, but has been widely, wildly inconsistent. I think that's safe to say. And after that, you've got a high school kid and another kid. Who, who was hurt this year, who blew, was, blew his who, ACL or whatever. And who may not even stay a quarterback. Why his not? So either one of them will. But like, but, yeah. and here's my deal on the grad transfer quarterback deal. Let's say that kid from Washington mm-hmm. signs with Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Who's to say he's going to beat out Zeb Nolan? Well, no, I, like exactly. I, you're buying I, an insurance you're, policy. You're getting depth. That's but it. But if, if, yeah. if Iowa State brings in, a, brings in a grad transfer, then we're pretty well know that we pretty much know that Kyle Kemp's not coming back. Dude, I, Even then, I don't think that's a guarantee. See, this is, I, mean, well, they, I was wins. told somebody I talked to earlier this week. What is this Tuesday? Must have been the end. Of, maybe over the weekend. Said that they hope to know about Kyle Kemp this week, which I find preposterous. Isn't it like? Which, for, but maybe we do this full time, and this is confusing. I mean, they meant they yeah, but they <laughs> like, they I, hope to know about Kemp NCAA yeah. whether they're ruling. But can you imagine like a fan listening to this? And they're they're driving home from work right now, 
and they hear us talking about Jake Campos and his scenario and how he couldn't get a sixth year potentially, and then they'd be like, "Oh yeah, Kyle Kemp, you can have one." Like, I've never that, ever understood that one. That, I don't understand how that would work either. Nah, but I unless mean, there's like some hardship deal where. Yeah. That we don't know about. I mean, that's that's certainly. Possible. I mean, yeah. what I was told when it came to Kyle Kemp is kind of what the maybe the example to look at is Tanner Lee but from I Nebraska. Under, I've read that stuff too. So what, I don't okay, see, tell me that. Yeah. So I think that. the idea from some of the stories I'd read was that essentially Tanner Lee went through I think one or two coaching changes, oh. and essentially either got lost in the shuffle because of that, or was quote-unquote, kind of run off the team without an opportunity to play, which is kind of the the way we've always been told the Kyle Kemp story transpired at Hutchinson, that he really didn't get a chance to right, yeah. to play there. So if if that's going to be your, your guiding light, at least there is possibly some evidence there to – you know, a, another case study, I guess you could say. And what is he five and one as a starter? So they certainly want him back. Yeah, I mean, I think if you can bring Kyle Kemp back, uh, that's that's absolutely perfect. That's better than bringing in some guy from elsewhere. Right, Kyle that's like having a grad transfer. Yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, it's one you've got a guy who's proven he can win, and two has shown he doesn't care if he's the starter. Now. I think, I, he wants to start, but he's this, totally content. Doesn't this all come down to the Duggan kid next year? Yeah, but I mean, is I I mean, man, that's gonna be. You said it's affecting their recruiting, like that they come down to the Duggan kid. Because who else would it affect? Real Mitchell is a true freshman next year. He's probably not going to be the starter, anyways. Devin Moore is a freshman, and he's coming off of a bad injury. So you, I mean, you can't count on him. They're not really in the mix for like a JUCO Mm-mm. that we know of. So like, that's my question. Like, how is it affecting recruiting? It has to be Duggan because he's their guy next year. Like that's if the they guy can they... get him, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. that's what I mean. I mean, if yeah, if they can get him, if he's reading so much about all this other other stuff, yeah, I don't know. I'm just yeah, trying that, to... that's 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 where I was going with that. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting deal, man. It, it uh, recruiting and the way social media has just changed everything, and like I mean, it, ten years ago you could sneak that kid from Washington onto your campus and nobody would know about it right and they even did that to an extent with park i mean the, remember zoran tally like we had no idea that zoran in basketball that he that he had gone on campus when he did so i mean i guess there are instances but man like when they like, stashed park at uh northeastern yeah. oklahoma a&m so like yeah i mean but that you know that that kid probably had a relationship with somebody at 247 and it leaks and Bam, then the word grad transfer is being thrown out everywhere. It's crazy to think because you see that with just about every position on the field, but because it's the quarterback, it's the most important position and seemingly the most talked about, and it, it seems like just it's a different breed when it comes to that spot that you have to take extra special precautions with. It's a big-time talking point. I mean... It it's it is. I mean, because it's. Remember when it we didn't. Is. Remember when we didn't have a quarterback uh, question mark at all with Jacob Hart no. going into this <laughs> season. Yeah, I do. Um, boy, that lasted three and a half games. <laughs> that was <laughs> maybe three. Yeah. That was a time. But uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, if 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 
I don't know. I, I it threw me for a loop when when I was told last weekend. I think I guess it was. I don't know what day it was. That they expected to hear from the NC. They had hoped to hear from the NCAA sometime this week, which I find that that would be. When's the last time the NCAA did everything, I, anything like that? I kind of get their, you know, maybe the paranoia level too, because Jacob Park Fadau told me one of the things that drove him to, you know, come out, talk to me, and put in his transfer papers was he heard the rumblings about Kyle Kemp trying to get another year. And, and that looked, annoyed me. He looked at me yeah, and said, that, that really annoyed me. Oh, it. exactly. Goodbye. Then, See yeah. you. Bye. If you, yeah. if you don't think you're good enough to beat out Kyle Kemp. Yeah, it, Kyle Kemp's been a journeyman for five exactly. years. Exactly. Then take a hike. Then go. Goodbye. I'm, I'm with you, but I'm saying I think that's kind of where probably some of the paranoia stems from, too. Well, then they then it's good for Iowa State that he left. Yeah, I'm with you. Then they made the right decision. I mean, yeah. Okay, I mean, who knows what would have happened, you know, with the – the whole, the whole, um, you know, he said he, 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 and the reason I said that made reference to that was because he's the one admitted getting busted. So, um, for marijuana. So there, and there was, there would be stuff that he would have due to that. There would be stuff that he would probably have to undergo. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know what, I mean, classes or something like that, 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 he, that would have to, um, to regain his eligibility, and I may be totally wrong on that part, but, but nonetheless, if he doesn't think he's good enough to be the starting quarterback next year, then, then he doesn't deserve to play it. Yeah, State. that, and that tells you what you need to know about a quarterback too. I mean, I don't want to just crap all over the kid because he's leaving, but I, the fact that I didn't really catch that, but the the fact that he said that to you, yeah, that puts a bad taste in my mouth as well. All right. Um, are you guys good? Have we picked the bone off of the football conversation? Probably. Yeah. We're good? All right. Hoops. Uh, the clones will wrap up the, well, the traditional portion of the non-con tomorrow with Maryland Eastern Shore, legitimately one of the worst teams in college basketball, <laughs> coming to Hilton Coliseum on Wednesday. Talk about that, but more um, on the Northern Iowa game and the fact that Iowa State seems to have not so quietly played itself into potential uh, for an NCAA tournament berth, depending on the Big 12 season. Is that possible, or is the Big 12 too tough? We'll discuss that next here on the Cyclone Insider program with the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO with the Des Moines Register's Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch. Maryland Eastern Shore is coming to town tomorrow. <laughs> so I checked. I haven't done a lot of research. I've not read my game notes yet for the Maryland Eastern Shore matchup. Don't. However, I did look on Ken Palm earlier, and they were – well, this was like this weekend, right after you and I was doing something, and I, just, I wanted to see who this final game was against. And this is against genuinely like a top – or a bottom fifteen team in all of college. Three thirty seven out of three thirty eight or three thirty six out of three thirty seven in pace and, and it's horrible. It's 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 worse than Milwaukee. Um oh, how bad did, how bad did McDermott beat him? Forty? I don't know. I I told you I've done nothing on this. McDermott beat him beat him the It's all Jared Stansberry. I've done I have not touched this game. McDermott beat him badly last week. So yeah, it's it's and then they played Drake on, on Friday, I believe. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, here's what's going to happen. Iowa State's going to come out sluggish. <laughs> we haven't seen that with this team. <laughs> no, not at all. They're going to come out sluggish. It's going to be a 10-point game at halftime, and Drake's going to win by 40. Be a 20, maybe a 15-point game at halftime, Drake wins, or Iowa State wins Drake. by 40. Maybe Drake, too. Yeah. Um, so I, I wasn't there, Tommy, yesterday, but I did. I read Rob Gray, who wrote a advance for this for for Cyclone Fanatic, and and he pointed out what Prom had said, and and I wholeheartedly agree with this. I think we've all seen this. This is a hard game for players to be ready for because you're a lot of them are going home, and it's always against a bad opponent. Who was it? This will catch right, you sleeping. Yeah. Who was it right after the Iowa game, sandwiched in between Iowa and the Big Four Classic, High V Classic? Um, Alcorn State. Alcorn yeah, State. Yeah, yeah Exact yeah. same thing. I mean, I do not know that one off the top. Of yeah, yeah. The home of Steve Air I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking High V Classic, and then I was thinking, okay, yeah, the what we may be calling a former High V Classic yeah. here shortly. But <laughs> we need to talk about that, by the way. Keep yeah. that on you. Uh, I mean, exact same thing. I mean, and all those guys admitted it. At least you hope for Iowa State. Maybe that's a little bit of a wake up call, given they've already experienced kind of that trap game almost, and saw just hey, you know, they're really young, they're really inexperienced. They can't always afford to play with fire and not get burnt. Uh, eventually, it's going to come back and bite them. And so Donovan Jackson said yesterday that that uh, he knows that there that, that won't be a sold out a sold out arena, which it won't be. Students will be um, gone. Students are gone, and they've sold those. They sold a lot of those tickets. That's that's cool, and that that's you, good. You know what's going to hurt them? And I I hadn't thought about this until last week because the radio network was trying to figure out how we're going to staff that Kansas State game. Yeah. That crowd could be really bad for a Big 12 game. I'm sure it'll be good. The Kansas State game. Yeah, I was asking somebody about that the other day, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Well, I just don't think it – like, you have a normal Big 12 atmosphere in Hilton Coliseum, and it'll be a good atmosphere because a lot of people who usually can't afford to – like, you know, there's going to be a lot – I bet there's going to be 30,000, 40,000 people in Memphis. Close to it. Wow. Maybe not even all go into the game, but they're going to fill up Memphis. I can about guarantee you that. Okay. You know I, that better than I. So. I mean, they've – May, okay, maybe thirty, maybe forty thousand high, but twenty to thirty. I mean, I think really okay. A lot of the normal people who are at Hilton Coliseum are going to be down with football. I'll give you that one. So it's like, what is that atmosphere going to be like? Where I think that this team um, needs Hilton. You know, like the Big Twelve is really good. The one, and, and I think there's probably teams that are better than Iowa State, but the one advantage that they have is Hilton. And it's a team that you can beat. I don't know. Look at the the uh, tournament they played earlier this year where they got back on track. It's not like there was a giant contingent of Iowa State fans down there to kind of will them through through that tournament. Yeah, but you're playing... I know it's Appalachian Apple- State, Tulsa, and a Boise team with that. And if the Iowa State fans weren't there, there'd have been ten people in this. In the, yeah, in but place. I mean, at that point, that was a beaten up team that had absolutely no confidence to him I whatsoever. I think my greater point, though, Tom. Oh, it is my point. I think you misunderstood what I was. Is that talent wise? I mean, their guards are good. Iowa State's guards are good, and I think, but they're not a top half team in the league right now. Hmm. And but the advantage that they have it's over Kansas State. Yep. Oklahoma State, even Texas Tech, like those fringe teams right around where Iowa State is, is they've got a place where you shouldn't lose at home to a team that's 
in I'll your give same you that. team. That's that's we're like definitely an X factor. State doesn't have that advantage when somebody's going into Stillwater on a Saturday. Yeah, afternoon. I'll give you that. That's definitely an X factor that Iowa State can kind of lean to or almost build off of. Yeah, the, there is the, there's this the person I talked to yesterday actually about this said that there's the crowds are 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 different. They're separate crowds, and I to which I I disagreed. I mean, there's so many people that that um. I was I was told to watch you know to watch the lower bowl at Hilton because that's where the that's where the the more people are likely to to go to the bowl game yeah the lower bowl at Hilton so maybe like those, they sold their seats, tickets to more possi- rapid fans possibly sold their seats to more random fans and if not then those are the seats that that you those are the places where you see may see pockets where that you know you may see three or four seats where there's nobody there you know what we've seen though oftentimes now that we're talking through this. We have seen times where these games that there's not as much demand to go to, um, not necessarily basketball, but even football, where these like more casual fans that d- normally are, they're nuts. Like they show up and they're the ones really after the refs, and because they've never been to a game before. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, maybe that's a case. I don't know. I think it. I think they'll still be whatever fourteen thousand people there. Whatever. It's gonna the- be. It's gonna be really weird watching that in Memphis. Yeah. Oh, that's right. What time? When is it? Twenty ninth. What time does the game start? Five o'clock or yeah, something like that. I don't know exactly. I don't have, oh, I do have this. Um, I don't have my glasses. Oh, it's it's close to five. How about eight? Eight. Oh, so I have to take a nap. Oh man, that's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people cover that. Eight o'clock in, you got to be. Yeah. We got to be at uh, well, well. Then the Liberty by, Bowls the by, next day by, at eleven thirty. By eight, so. there are so many X factors. No that beers that night. So many factors that you're like, yeah. man, nobody's going to go with that game. What game? The the basketball game. Um, eight o'clock tip night before the Liberty Bowl. One people aren't going to want to drive to Ames, drive back to Des Moines. You're going to want to be up early to. Oh, I think you're overthinking it now. I think the I think, I think, think the bigger problem. The, another if you're problem. In Ames, you're going. If you're in Ames, yeah. yeah, yeah what about what about the, the Texas game? What about the UT game on the first? I'm not covering that. <laughs> Stansbury's got that on his own. Rob can help him if he wants. That's a six o'clock game. I'm watching, which is fine. By I'm then. watching the college football playoffs. I'll watch Iowa State too, but like, I'm sorry, like that. That's my favorite day of the year with the two playoff games. It's Mo Bamba. Yeah. You have to tell me about him the next day on I Psycho will. and Insider. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wait a minute, is that on a Monday? Yep. Well, by golly. By cracking, we'll do it. <laughs> again, I've, I've told Iowa State this for years. When they were doing that garbage New Year's Eve game at like 5 o'clock, yeah. I'm not covering it. Sorry. <laughs> I think we have, though. Yeah, I just, like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I'm very passionate about what I do. But Ross and I spend 365 days a year breaking down who's going to be in the college football playoff. I'm watching those games. I don't blame you. Yeah. And and we'll we'll get it we'll get the Cyclones covered. But yeah, my point, my greater point is those two games are not scheduled well for Iowa State because you need no, students. No, exactly. This, like, the X factor, like one of you said, is gone. Yeah, right. and those are two winnable games where that could really make an impact as well. When do the students come back? By the way, oh, they'll be back by Baylor on whatever that. There's a two d- double digit thirteenth. They'll be back by then. I don't Should know when be. the next semester starts. Yeah, I, I I guess I don't know that either. So did I thought they would lose to Northern Iowa? I yeah. went on the record and and I was wrong. Um, what were your 
what was your takeaway, Randy? I thought, I thought they'd lose against Northern Iowa. I thought the pace would get them and, and um, it would get Iowa State, and, and it didn't. Um, it took a while, but that's the DNA of this team. It's the DNA of last year's team, too. How many times did last year's team play from behind? So, I mean, this is not just a trait of this year's team. It's it's a lot of teams, um, Iowa State teams over the past. But um, I, I, Iowa State played well. They surprised me. Um, I think I think Lard played a very very good game. Um, Solomon Young played played very good. Um, dude, how much more can we talk about Lindell Wigginton? I mean, what else is there to say? Should I, probably get it all out of the way these next two years. Well, yeah, that's yeah, because he, yeah, I mean, he, for people to say he's one and done, that's preposterous. I don't but, know if it's preposterous, but I, I think it's a long shot. Yeah. Oh, it's an extreme long shot. But two and done, yeah. yeah. I mean, two and done, you're a five-star guy. Does does it really look good for a head coach if a two-star guy, if a five-star guy is there into a third year? Does it, you know, how much is that coach um, furthering the five-star guy's career over two years? Most of those five-star guys go out after the second year. Um, you know they've reached their their max as far as college is concerned. Yeah. So and and so you know I made that point before and some people misinterpreted it as saying I wrote that it was one and done, which he's not. But two and done, I think there's a, I think there's certainly can some some red flags there. Well, he's. I thought he would be good, Tommy. He's exceeded my expectations. Well, I, I wrote this in my Monday column that. I think Nick Weiler-Babb is the most valuable player on the team, but I think Wendell Wigginton is the best player on the team. Yeah, Nick Weiler-Babb might be the most important player on the team in terms of just the giant domino effect that his move had to affect everybody else, like we've said a ton of times with Lindell and Donovan Jackson. But the thing about Lindell Wigginton, too, it's not only what he's doing, but during those key stretches where he takes over games, and it's been big games so far. I mean, the Iowa game, that's huge. The UNI game, that's huge. A neutral, you know, neutral court in-state opponent, uh, right when they needed him, as badly as they did in that moment, he put the team on his shoulders and carried them to the finish line. So Boise State. That's probably been the most impressive thing about Lindell is that when the lights shine pretty bright, he's at his best. Yeah, he that that second half was something else. Watching those guards, I mean, they they just ran in circles around you and I. And I, you know what it felt like to me too, guys. Like it was, I was sitting with Bloom, and at halftime we went and got a pop or something. And I and I said to him, like, you know, they're down three, but it really feels like Iowa State's better than you and I. Well, yeah, I, because you, know, you and it, I... It seemed like they were the better team. And even when they were trailing Iowa, I didn't know who the better team was. It felt, like, like, it they felt were, like they were dominating you and I just didn't show on the scoreboard. It felt like they were the better team against Iowa, but I think the UNI game, it was just so hard to tell who actually was the better team because they were both playing so badly in that first half. But you thought... You know, look, this... You know, there, there was the opportunity... You kind of thought, okay, whoever gets the shots to start falling early in the second half was probably going to take control of that game. I mean, that first half was brutal in terms of how both those teams were shooting. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and we the guards did 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 that game for Iowa State. That was that was, you know, no question about that. But when you're getting a combined eighteen points, ten rebounds and three blocks from the post position out of the only two post guys Iowa State's got, that's not bad out of one position. 
That's they pretty darn good. They don't need much. They just need a they little. They need that position the, to do to yeah. average a double double. Yeah, they and, need that position to average a double double. And that's been the problem before. They'd just been getting virtually nothing right. out of right. there. If that position averages a double double, then that's good because that, the guards can. You know, we know they're going to do their thing. I uh, I'm a huge I'm a huge Cam Lard guy. I mean, I, I don't know how you can watch this kid and, and not be. I I think he's a little rough around the edges. Still some maturing to do. But man, Pete, when he's when he's playing at a high level, the team's in a totally different hemisphere as far as the pecking order in the Big Twelve. I, I agree, and I've got on the website right now, or a little while ago, um, you know, saying that that you know I've read, I've talked to Iowa State fans who think he should be starting, and I I kind of throw water over that. You don't need you don't need those two guys starting in the same. You don't need those two guys on the floor at the same time for for big minutes. Number one, number two, Solomon Young is more experienced than Cam Lard. Number three, Prom doesn't overthink a good thing. I mean, they've won eight. They've, this team's on an eight-game winning spree. He's not going to overthink, and and all of a sudden change change the starting lineup. And like you said, um, Cam Lard is still is still raw. He gets in foul, you know, potential to get in early foul trouble. He's got to do. He's got to get away from that. And let's not forget. Different coach, different team, different scenario, different position. But remember how Tyrus McGee played? You remember? I do. Remember the role he played? Mm-hmm. He came in off the bench See, and he's one I of the best like, players in the Big Twelve. I feel like he's better off the bench, Lardis. I do too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because I feel like if you put him as a starter, he's just going to pick up two fouls and then you're done with him for the half. If, exactly. I'd, I'd rather like everybody wants to start him. I'd rather start Brace if you're going to move anybody into the starting lineup. I feel like he makes more sense. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. Uh, to me, the only reason why you have that that conversation is just wanting to maximize complete usage out of Cameron Lard and just how important his his presence down low can be right away at the start of the game. And that's something we've seen is missing from Iowa State right now uh, so many times this season where they are slow starters and eventually they get stuff figured out. And you kind of wonder, obviously that's not one different player, but maybe that's something that could fix your problem sometime this season. But I think for that to happen, there's going to have to be a couple losses in a row for, for an Absolutely. I mean, Prom has shown like immense loyalty yeah. to those guys where he's not going to make a move unless it's he's going to have a long leash right. with those guys. Yeah. And I, I do like this... this um, I enjoy this Cam Lard discussion, by the way, and 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 I do like his potential, what he's got, and he's got this little spin, double spin move that he's that he's developing, that he's it's working good. on. It's it's really good. Can I throw this out there too? Jeff Beverly played really well on Saturday. He did. He Everybody it, wants to crap all over Jeff Beverly. He played really well. It's his best game. It was funny when he made that first three. You almost saw him kind of look to the crowd, like, okay, there, shut up, everybody. Yeah, like you see. <laughs> There, we're done now. I mean, I I got the impression just the way you or he saw, looked straight at our friend Travis Hines. Yeah, yeah where he just kind of laughed and smiled and looked around like, okay, you know, he he understood what everybody is saying, talking and tweeting about him. And maybe he was looking around to say, hey, I made a three pointer in what could be the last high V Classic for a long time. Cool. Um, we'll talk more cycling hoops, maybe some Big Twelve. A lot happened over the weekend, maybe touching the Liberty Bowl. All that next here as we continue Cycling Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. 
It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Wrapping up Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. Uh, the Big Four Classic, the High V Classic, excuse me. Cannot get it right. Wrapped up over the weekend. I don't hate the event. I'm unlike many people. I, I enjoy it. It's a fun day of basketball here in the state of Iowa. Um, but I but I don't have to pay for my ticket either, so uh, it's more of a decision for the public as to as to what they think. I think it's fun, Randy. I like this event. I think there's better ways to do it, but I'm also realistic enough to know that Iowa State and Iowa are never going to be going to the Nap Center and you and I again like the good old days. So I'm cool with this. I'm cool with it. I hope it stays. However, it seems like there's some doubt that it will. It's, it's been in the air for a couple of weeks now. I mean, the... Um, the the language in the in the contract and and I reread it before I came up here said that if Iowa um, if if any of the conferences expand their their conference number of games essentially that they can opt out of it without paying a penalty um, and and the Big Ten is going to twenty games next season I believe or the season after that whenever um, which would give the Big Ten which would give Iowa the right to opt out of it um you know which they might do um they've already got the big 10 acc challenge um you know in teams anymore that the high level teams like iowa and iowa state they always play in in uh, neutral site tournaments neutral site site stuff as well that is mostly espn events so i don't think um I, I think I think people that are concerned about the, whether the Hy-Vee Classic will return are, are, are that's certainly a significant concern. What do you think? Birch? I think we're <laughs> I think we're definitely witnessing kind of the end of it right now. You know, it's uh, I would say it's probably got a year or two left in it, and um, you know, Iowa Iowa's got legitimate uh, legitimate reason to back out, and I'm guessing. From the sounds of it, they probably will um, relatively soon. So, I mean, at that point, I wouldn't be surprised to see Iowa State go back to kind of the format that it was before the Big Four Classic, Hy-Vee Classic, when, you know, we saw uh, some non-conference games getting played there. Uh, so Iowa played, State and Creighton. Played Ohio State there, Bradley there, Creighton there. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Iowa played there too, correct, against Creighton? Iowa State yeah. did. I know that because the game I th- they didn't have the TV monitor. Yeah, yeah the, that was Jamie the Vander Beacon like yeah. court shot. Yeah. yeah, but I think Iowa played Creighton there. I think at they one did point too. I think that rings a bell. So I think that's if if college games continue there, which it wouldn't surprise me. I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked to see Iowa State play a non-conference opponent there. What's wrong with Wells Fargo trying to to go out and? Um, Land a, a tournament. The only thing I mean, I mean other than the, other than the fact that Iowa and Iowa State, their 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 go tos are already in stuff now in, in Maui and you know what I'd Cayman say Islands though is wherever, but. ESPN has so right much. ESPN has yes there you go and to me that's one of those reasons why the Big Four Classic is in jeopardy from an Iowa not why it's in jeopardy, but I think it's why a lot of Iowa State fans don't care for the event is because of the television situation. Oh, that's a good point too. Most How many Iowa emails State fans did, aren't, did we oh. get? I got a lot. I guess you guys did too. I mean, I think, Where can I watch the game? But these During games the game. are being broadcast on ESPNU. 
Like I think that the vitriol for this thing would be much lower. Mm-hmm. Instead, that you know you got the MC twenty two thing, and like most people don't get that. And I think most people like the broadcast on Cyclones TV because they do a really good job. But then when you're getting the MC twenty two feed thrown into that, I think that 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 creates some issues. Nine so. day difference. I yeah. mean, I went back and I watched part of the replay, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Iowa State fans would rather see a game on Cyclone Side TV or ESPN too. I think they would rather see Iowa State almost play a game in um Hawaii on T V as opposed to you know and We're see that, and, and see that be on ESPN than have a game played at Wells Fargo Arena and be broadcast on MediaCom Connections twenty two. Wells Fargo's Arena is, is a wonderful spot for a game. It's it's it's, it's I love a wonderful it. venue when the internet works. Um, little fans don't care about that though. About our problems, they don't until we can't post our stories. <laughs> until, they did a but, good job though, helping us out once. They, once, once, once we yes, we got after that, and we got it. We, I mean, yeah, after that, we got us. But, but um, yeah, they do a good job. They do a good job with all that. Um, I, I, so I, it, it's I like all the people involved down there. And no, I, I do I too. Hope, They're wonderful yeah, people. I hope that it can survive. I just don't think that it will. It's either. amazing to think that. I mean, there are not many states around the nation that have an event quite like this where you get to see all four of those teams. I mean, it's cool deal. Ideally, man, it was so much fun watching those schools. You know, Drake host Iowa State or you and I host Iowa. Those were fun. All right, boys, we got to go. Thanks for your time. Uh, Iowa State, Maryland Eastern Shore tomorrow night. Of course, you can hear it on. 100.3 The Buzz. For Tommy Birch, for Randy Peterson, I'm Chris Williams. Here on the Cycle Insider Show with the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO.